I love my elevator music, baby. What floor are we going to? Welcome, welcome to another week, another episode of Fade the Deuce. Um, I'm Ryan Evan, joined as always by Kevin Ducey and Matt McCumber. Um, hopefully, uh, you all have had a great start to your week. You know, obviously big things popping with uh, our Illini, but some huge games, you know, in the NFL and college. Uh, let's start with you, Matt. How did you do last week? Uh, regular top five picks. I was three and two, and then my lock took it on the chin of over 55 and a half with uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State. It just never had a chance, really. Um Pretty bad play there, I will say. So I fall to two and three on my locks. But um, finally, at 500 on my regular plays, sitting at 14 and 14 after 0 and 4 start. So I'll take it. Um, I had uh, Alabama, Florida State, and Notre Dame. I had all those picked as winners. And then um, one of my losers, and it killed me because I did a little seven teamer for about $3,300. And this was the only leg. That lost was Iowa 14 and a half. And I had a hundred dollars on it to win 3300 And if I could have just gotten Iowa to cover, it would have been mine, but no cigar. Never fails. Man. Putrid office. Oh. I, I actually sent um uh Brian Ferentz a uh, message on Twitter. I called him out. Oh man, he deserves it. And he there ain't no way. You go ahead and pay my uh, 3300 you, You're good for it. There ain't no way in hell he's getting to that 25-point per game. Hell no. Threshold. All right, Kev, how'd you do? <laughs> I'm a Cubs fan. That's how I feel right now, okay? Are they, losing? Are they losing again? They lost they, again in extras. They lost. Oh, two of the most brutal ways to lose. Last, last wow. night was terrible. I mean, what was last it? Brant, was was Brant, Brant Brown again all over again? No, uh, so last week, uh, four and two overall, one and zero in the lock, three and two in the regular picks. Like Matt, missed the Iowa game. Uh, we were on the opposite sides of uh, Alabama and Mississippi, and then also Oregon State and Washington. So in that games, we were on the opposite side. We went one and one. Uh, yeah, I mean, was well, we had uh, Iowa plus fourteen and a half. Did they get fourteen and a half yards? I uh, yeah, seventy six. For the game, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I, I'm sorry, but here's the thing. I know we t- we're, this is it's not just about college football, but for Iowa and the Big Ten West purposes, I mean, for anyone to say they could be a favorite is just laughable. I just it still can be. Like yeah, I, mean, I don't, I don't know why they can't. Like the, I don't know. You buy, you buy Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'd buy Wisconsin over Iowa uh, for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, Wisconsin's moved the ball, you know, but if you can't move the ball, you ain't going to win. And uh, they can't stop the ball, though. Hey, hey, Wisconsin's defense hasn't been that bad. But anyway, um, uh, well, let's hope we do the same uh, or do better at least. Anyway, Utah and Oregon State is the first game on the docket this week. And it looks like Oregon State coming off a very fresh heartbreaking, tough defeat at the hands of a very undefeated and good Washington State team, as we mentioned last week. Yeah. Uh, you know, tons of points scored in that one. Not surprising. Uh, but this Utah team, obviously, their focal point is on the defensive side of the ball. Very They're always good. tough. They always play smart, sound football. Uh, Kevin, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, 
Uh, where do you have it? Looks like Oregon State's a three and a half point favorite. Yeah, I would love it at two and a half, to be honest with you, because I think it's going to be a pretty close game. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to run with the home team here. Uh, I think that Utah is, is I don't want to say smoke and mirror, but they're piecing things together right now. It's a really, really banged up team. And what and yep. what Kyle Whittingham has done to get them undefeated to this point has been really impressive. Not only is Cam Rising still banged up, and he is the leader of that team in ways that, like, if anybody ever watches him play, I mean, he is just – he is as tougher. He's tougher than a two dollar steak. He's over out there trying to run over linebackers and things like that, and he's still not right. Uh, and of course, him not being he, he will split snaps this week. It sounds like, but with him not being completely right, it just zaps their zaps their offense. I think Oregon State coming off a hard fought game where they fought back in the game. I thought they were going to yeah. get ran, and then they fought back. They've got enough offense, um, and I think their defense is good enough. I, I, I think they covered the three and a half. Them being at home healthier quarterback, uh, less banged up. I think I think Utah's played a fairly tough schedule so far, and they're undefeated. I think it finally catches up with them this week in Corvallis. All right. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm taking the home team as well. I, like Kev said earlier, I, I would love this at, at least minus three. Don't love the hook here, but it is what it is. Um, I took Oregon State last week. I'm going to take them again. They did have to come back, uh, showed some fight. I think they'll be the hungrier team here. And like Kev mentioned, I mean, Utah is really banged up, including the running back who got hurt um, last week. He did he did come back and play, but he's he's not full full throttle. And so um, OSU, Oregon State, nine and two, last eleven against the spread. I'll I'll ride that trend and uh, I'll take the home team minus three and a half. <clears throat> Definitely should be an interesting one. Uh, in Corvallis, uh, you know, it to me, I'm not making necessarily a pick on it, but you know, I wouldn't be, sh I would be shocked if Oregon State didn't rebound in this one. I, I think they're they're a pretty good squad. Um, Gotta love the Pac-12 giving us great games every week, man. Conference yeah. is really interesting right now. Very, well, definitely. Um, now, to me, an intriguing game, and I'm glad you know we kind of go over them and pick them. Uh, Kansas at Texas, so. I think the most intriguing thing of all to me is the line. It, you know, Texas is a 16-and-a-half-point favorite, to, mainly just because Kansas is, is a very is – an, is an elite type offense. So they are, no matter what you can – you can say whatever you want about their defense, but they have an elite offense. They have a – obviously, we know Jalen Daniels, you know, Big Ten preseason player of the year. He's shown that, you know, so far this year. Nobody has kept them under 30 points when Jalen Daniels is at the helm. So – they just come off of a very impressive performance over an undefeated BYU team who went into Arkansas and beat Arkansas in Fayetteville. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, they just beat BYU. No, they haven't played anybody. Kansas is as a legit offense and a really good uh, a good team. So they're heading to Austin to take on Texas, uh, who is definitely not overlooking them, Matt. We're going to let you uh, start out with this one. Steve Sarkeesian is making it very known that they're – they respect Lance Leopold's team and and what Jalen Daniels can do. Uh, what, what what do you got to say about this matchup? Yeah, and I would totally agree with that because they shouldn't. Um, they're one and one against Kansas the last two years since Sarkeesian's been there, so he's already lost to him once. I think Kansas is coming in. They're not afraid of Texas. Uh, they've got seventeen of twenty two starters back from last year. They're a veteran bunch. They average thirty eight points per game. And Texas, to this point, has not seen 
I believe an offense like Kansas can produce. I think this is a high-scoring affair. I think this is going to be back and forth, up and down the field. Um, I think the over-unders set, I I want to say 63-and-a-half, somewhere around there. Um, so I expect a lot of points. But I, it's 16-and-a-half with a team that has a, a quarterback like Jalen Daniels at the helm who can score. The, he'll keep him in the game here. Way too many points for me. I'm taking Kansas 16-and-a-half. You know, one of the things that um, BYU doesn't have the best rushing offense here, and, and I'm, I'm on the same side here. I like Kansas getting 16 and a half. I, I mean, that's just, it just seems like too many points. Um, BYU is not a great running team, but they couldn't run the ball for anything against Kansas. I think Kansas's defense has shown a little bit more savvy than we probably would give them credit for coming into this season. I think Leipold's got a good team there. And yeah. I, can't, I can't help but think about it. And, Matt, this might, this might be something you think about a little bit later. Like I, I live in Oklahoma and, and Oklahoma City and, and Matt lives in Dallas, man. There, there's there's a little bit of peak ahead maybe going in. I mean, you, you, I know we could talk about there's no way we're going to overlook a team that's ranked. You're still Texas. They're still Kansas. It's hard to get through sometimes to 19 and 20-year-olds that you're not just going to show up and win this game. Now, Texas has a very good front four. Like their, their, their defensive line is exceptional. Um, if they could, but Daniels can make things happen even under pressure. Johnny Newton was all over the place against him and he was still making plays. Yeah, uh, I just think it's too much. I think t- Texas probably wins this game by a touchdown or two. Um, you know, somewhere in the 10 to 14 point range. So we're easily inside that number at 16 and a half. Give me the long, uh, give me the, the Jayhawks plus, plus 16 and a half. Um, Jay Began agrees with you guys. So, Began, Jay Began strips. Jay begging, can't begging. believe I'm not begging. Um, now we're gonna move on to a SEC matchup showdown, and it looks like Baton Rouge, um, Ole Miss, and the Fighting Lane Kiffins head to uh, Baton Rouge. So Ole Miss comes off of a you know d- tough defeat to Alabama, where you just could tell. It, it seems like every year with Kiffin, it's just they just don't really get the job done against, you know, maybe a surprising win. You know, you think they're going to have maybe that big win over a Bama or a Georgia. You know, they've got all this. They've had a lot of hype and been ranked in the top ten several times. They just don't do it. So last week, again, they falter. They don't look that really that good against Alabama. Then you head to LSU uh, where I think Brian Kelly's, you know, got them more stable, more, definitely more stabilized. You know, they come um, beat Arkansas last week. Uh, so, Kev, I'll start with you. LSU, only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. What do you got What do you got on this one? Just quick correction, Ron, and that game's yeah. in Oxford. So, oh, that's not in Baton yeah. LSU going to Mississippi because – Okay. I, that, maybe that's why I was like, why would the line be two-and-a-half? Yeah, that, that line would probably be closer to ten is my guess. Uh, and I know they say home field advantage is worth three, but Vegas would – that line would be closer to ten. That would be a okay. nine-and-a-half. So I get the line then. I get the line a little more now. So Um, this pick honestly makes no sense on my end. Um, Ole Miss is banged up. They cannot run the ball. The the offensive line is really shaky. They just had a hard-fought game against Alabama. You know Alabama's out there sticking. Alabama's defense is good, looked really good last week. I was on the wrong side with Ole Miss last week. It's just a gut feeling. It's in Oxford. 
Uh, Lane Kiffin's going to pull one out of the hat here. I think Ole Miss finds a way to cover this game. LSU was not super impressive in their win over Arkansas. I thought there were too many points when I looked at that spread last week. I, I was proven right. Um, there's something just not completely clicking for LSU at the moment, in my opinion. Um, however, it could be a get-right game if, if Ole Miss's offensive line can't can't figure it out. I think uh, Olane's got something up his trick up his sleeve here. Like I said, this line makes no sense to me. I honestly was listening to a, a, a guy on uh, College Sports Radio today break this down, and I was going to flip my pick, but I didn't. And I'll tell everybody why at the end of the show. But I'm staying with Ole Miss plus the two and a half. Okay, and I am going the other route, and Kev's right. I usually look at lines like these, and I think in my head, this is too good to be true. And um, I am still saying that, and I am still taking LSU minus two and a half because I like it under a field goal. Um, Ole Miss let Jalen Milrow of Alabama complete 81% of his passes last week. And LSU throws for over about 320 yards per game. I worry about Ole Miss's secondary in this game. And I also worry about Daniels getting outside the pocket because, as Kev said, I think Ole Miss is banged up and they just played a very tough game against Alabama. Um, yes, there is maybe some Oxford magic here. Um, end of the day, I j this series, um, LSU's owned – Ole Miss six to one in the last seven straight up. So I, I liken this two and a half to a straight up game. I'm going to take the LSU Tigers minus two and a half. A hey, little, little note on uh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss came into the season with one of the top returning running backs in the country. Uh, Junkins was a Quishon Junkins. I can't say his first name. He's averaging three and a half yards of carry. Like, I mean, the guy is dynamic. He was supposed to be, you know, potentially a, a running back that could work his way into the Heisman talk. The offensive line is bad. But like Matt, like Matt says, this is about the time of the year that Vegas starts to flip the script. I talked about it on the first episode of Fade the Deuce. Vegas starts to put out these lines that go, well, this doesn't make any sense. And when it doesn't make any sense, go, go, go that, go, just run with it. Like, keep going the other direction. And that's the, that's the only reason I'm staying here because I'm, <laughs> I'm with you, Matt. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. That, that must mean that Vegas has made a lot of money doing that for a long time. Absolutely. I'll never forget my good buddy, Eric Shannon. We were in Vegas. Duke was playing West Virginia, and Duke was like a three-point favorite. And Eric looked at me. He goes, Deuce, if this is a neutral site game, Duke and West Virginia, Duke was a two seed, and West Virginia was a seven. He says, what's the spread in that game? I'm like, nine and a half, ten. He goes, yep. I was like, oh, so I should hop on Duke? He's like, no, you moron. Hop on West Virginia. And I did. I threw money on them to win, them, to win money line, and they did. They upset Duke that year. It's one of the, It was a lesson that, that's been learned. So Vegas starts to do this later in the season. They, try to, they, they catch you up. They know something that maybe we don't. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> the next two or something. Oh, this is a rivalry game, especially for Ole Miss. Let's not forget that. LSU might not have it in, the, in their feathers. That's old. It's a rivalry game. But it is, and it is almost at night. It is a home dog in prime time. I'm gonna take it. <laughs> yeah. Was this the game that way back in the day that um, the guy scored a touchdown and did the uh, the peeing dog? And that was the, the, that was the egg bowl. That was against. Uh, oh, that's right. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh man, that's too good. Um, I think uh, New Mexico State's quarterback has taken a lesson on that. He uh, took a leak on the New Mexico midfield logo. So, oh dang, uh, yeah, and they have him on video doing it. Um, so the next two are actually intriguing ACC type matchups. I mean, well, ACC in the sense that Notre Dame 
would ever actually join them in football, but they just like to play them in an ACC schedule. Uh, so this game is very intriguing. And uh, and Matt, we started with you last or Kevin? Let's start with Kev. Okay, so we'll start with you, but Matt, Notre Dame coming off a – think about that. A, there is no more heartbreaking loss than basically getting walked off yeah. on your home field when you really were the better team for, for, for pretty much – you know, the whole majority of the game. Kevin, you sent me that, this really cool screen about, what was it, net success, right? Yeah. And, like, showed you, like, teams that really won, dominated, but didn't win by much compared to teams that dominated and lost. And Notre Dame was, like, so high on that chart where they shouldn't have lost the game because, really, they just outplayed Ohio State. You know, in Illinois, the same sense that they dominated and won by six. So Notre Dame coming off this goes to Duke, who – beat up on Clemson earlier in the year, who's been a super impressive team. I think that's definitely a coach and a program on the rise. It's in Durham. Yep. Where, uh, this line is five and a half uh, for Notre Dame. That is a favorite on the road. What do you got on this one? Well, and Ryan Day is trying to fight everybody. It's the state of Ohio versus everybody else. Remember, just remember. Right. Yeah, right. Um, Girls getting picked on, man. It's ridiculous. I'm like, I've never heard that in my life. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. But anyways, um, I digress. Um, yeah, so Duke, very good defense. Haven't allowed more than 14 points all season. Um, Ohio or uh, Notre Dame averaging about 36 a game. So something's got to give here. Um, I think Duke secondary, very, very good. They rank fourth in the country in passing yards per attempt here at 4.4, okay, which is outstanding. Um, Pretty Notre Dame, pretty balanced, but Sam Hartman more than likely is going to throw you know more passes than they run. Um, I really like Duke's secondary here. And a little side bet, the over-under is 52 and a half. I would take the under on this. We saw how it played out last week, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Both of these teams rank outside the top 100 in pace of play. So something to keep, keep in mind there. I think it'll be a low-scoring affair. Low scoring to me at five and a half points, too much. Too much. I'm taking Duke, primetime game, primetime dog, plus five and a half. That's right. Do- home team at home, primetime at night. It's Kevin Ducey special. <laughs> yeah. That's all you got to say, dog. Home dog and primetime game day there for the first time ever. That's right. Yep. The Cameron Crazies are going to invade whatever crap hole football stadium they have because I'm sure they never spent any money on that place. Like, I mean, it's probably like Ryan Field, right? Yeah. And, and, and I'm not nagging it. Like, but Mike Elko's got something going there. Like, they, this is they, a good- they don't feel that. They fit, They get about half. Okay, so when Clemson came earlier in the year, Kev, they only had half of the stadium was their fans. That's they will fill that thing this week. They will absolutely fill it, dude. They, they have got a good program. They've got a good team. They play good defense. I do think Notre Dame bounces back. I think Notre Dame might even pull this one off late and break some hearts in a, in a reversal of what happened last week. But I got five and a half points. I don't see Notre Dame winning this game by a touchdown. You saw a Duke team that throttled Clemson. That's yep. the same Clemson team that gave Florida State everything they wanted and, frankly, probably should have won that game. They yep. probably gave that game away. And Florida State's a darn good yep. team. And Clemson's proven – they're but they're probably better than than you think. So I, I'm really I really am, am buying what Duke is doing in Mike Elko. Mike Elko, if, if there is a really high level Power Five job available at the end of this year, and I'm not talking Michigan State, 
I wouldn't be surprised. He's got to be a front runner up there. And if he's if he's watched what's happened in Matt Campbell's career, he's gonna jump on it. I can't help the game day at home, home dog, prime time, five and a half points. Give it to me all day yeah. long and twice yeah. on yeah. Sunday. And I'm with Matt. I love the under on that one. And and no shame in my game here. Anytime I can get in the line I plug in on some of these, I want people to know this too. Sabur Kareem was down between Illinois and Duke. I was just thinking of the same thing. Everybody was like, like Duke. <laughs> You know, and I'm like, well, they won nine games last year. I'm thinking it's really like they, they have a good program. A lot of people are just like, oh, whatever. You know, it was close. He almost picked Duke. And you can see how good their secondary is there. It's a really good program with good coaches. He picked Illinois. So I just want everybody to know. Sabur Kareem, you know, almost went to Duke, but he loved what Illinois was selling. So we got a good one. You know, he showed himself. Almost got a pick six, too, if he hold on to the ball. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I was right in front of you, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, it was, it was pretty close. Uh, so we're, we're going to keep that same tone with Clemson here. This is always a, this is always a like trap type game. Usually, though, for Dabo Sweeney's team, Syracuse, I believe, has gotten them once or twice in his tenure there at the dome, um, and they actually almost beat them in Death Valley last year. Syracuse had Clemson pretty much down and out, and then Klubnik came in and like saved their tails. Uh, so this is in the dome. Schrader is as tough as nails. Uh, you know, they're, they're undefeated. They're about to, they're close to being ranked, but Clemson, this isn't the normal Clemson two and two coming off of two losses, you know, especially one with is, is, is heartbreaking as it was last week. Is this going to be a motivated, motivated Clemson Kev that comes to, uh, comes to the dome? It, it absolutely is. But you're gonna give me a home dog again with six and a half points. And it's I eleven a.m. pick though. I, yeah, it's not a prime time game, but you got you got people in northern New York who are buying in. Uh, they're excited. I got a lot of friends up there. I was stationed in the army up there. This is this is like so you you look at uh, Syracuse. Syracuse is averaging, and they're four and zero. They got eight hundred and fifty some yards rushing on the season, so they're averaging over two hundred yards rushing a game, and they got eleven hundred. They're averaging almost three hundred yards passing. It's a very well balanced offense. Now, the thing I worry about with them is yes, they gave up uh, quite a few yards to Purdue. That was the one game where their defense uh, uh, bent quite a bit, and that's by far and away the best team they played on their schedule. Uh, I, I think Purdue's better than Army and Western Michigan, and obviously Colgate. So it's it's a little bit challenging there because they haven't they haven't really played anybody. But I, I'm I'm buying what Dino Babers has got going on up there. He's revamped the defense. He came in there as an offensive guru, and when Schrader has played, I mean they started the season six and zero last year, and Schrader got banged up and it changed everything. If they can keep him healthy, he's their leading rusher too. So that's a that's a bit of a concern when you got a quarterback running that much, and he's a little bit of a maniac just like uh, Cam Rising. But I'm going to stick with the orange here. They're playing, like I said, they're at home. They're getting six and a half points. They're going to have a raucous crowd inside the Carrier Dome. Um, Clemson played an extremely tough schedule so far this year. They're a little bit, they they just played a really tough physical game against Florida State. Give me cues and six and a half. Uh, Clemson might win, but I don't think they covered, the, I don't think they win by a touchdown. Yeah, um, I'm with Kev on this. I'm, I'm taking uh, the cues uh, plus six and a half here. Um, Clemson one and five. Last six against the spread against Syracuse, so not in their. I don't think they played them very well. Um, Clemson two and thirteen against the spread. Their last fifteen September games, not great. <laughs> um, and uh, Cuse eight and two straight up 
at home last 10 games. So um, I think uh, Syracuse has got a lot of momentum on their side. They're feeling good about themselves. On the other flip side, uh, you got a Clemson team kind of reeling a little bit. They're not the Clemson of old, as you mentioned. And um, I think Cade Klubnik has just been okay. Uh, I I think he kind of, like we talked about earlier, I think he gave the game away last week um, against Florida State. I mean, he made some – had a, a, a fumble that got returned for a touchdown and threw a bad interception late. Um, I know the, the Clemson fans on Twitter were, were none too pleased. But, um, I again, I, I just think – even it is 11 a.m. kickoff, I think this goes in Clemson, or, uh, Syracuse's favor. Uh, a lot of points here. I think it'll be close, maybe a three, four-point game, but I'll, I'll take uh, Syracuse and the points. This, now, is, this, is, this is another one a public, where a public – Joe Q public average better looks at this and just thinks, well, it's Clemson, Syracuse. Clemson's on – like doesn't do the research. The Syracuse is a pretty good football team. Yes. Before we get to the locks of the week, I feel like because that's that's the last thing I want to discuss on here. Maybe you might throw a little line eye fun in. Any other, just each one of you, any other fun late night ones, you know, to, that you got your eye on? I can tell you this. I was wrong about how good Air Force was <laughs> because even though San Jose State was hanging in there and I feel like should have been a lot closer than, than the score indicated, Air Force has like this unstoppable, like, option attack where you know i know most people feel that but they've got so many guys so many athletes and on that team and i watched them and they're tough uh matt you got anything fun late night you know for people to be checking well, out maybe i know last week i i told the fans you know hawaii minus three trying to get right i took it and it was up to three and a half and i couldn't even stay up past one o'clock so i made it to like halftime um they were down 17 three at half and I'm like, oh, I lost this game. Ended up 12 or 2017. I still lost because of the hook, but they at least, um, you know, pushed on the minus three. Um, I'm looking at Washington at Arizona. It's minus 18 and a half. Washington might my, my score 70 on them. Uh, Arizona's three and one. I get it. They They haven't played really anybody so far this year. They're still an up-and-coming program. Give me uh, Penix Jr. just, you know, going ape all over them. Yeah, and it's it, that goes totally against my thought process, right? It's a home dog in the prime time, and it's a big, it's a big number. But I don't, I think there's too much apathy around the program at Arizona. Still, I don't know that folks in Tucson are coming out. They squeaked a win out against a bad Stanford team. They lost to a pretty average Mississippi State team. Mississippi State's another team, home dog in prime time. It's fourteen and a half. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I kind of like Mississippi State there. When I looked at the line originally, I like South Carolina. I don't think Tennessee's really going to blow the doors off anybody. But Nealon Knight, there's yep. there. It's a good. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not buying into that. The one game, and I actually talked to Matt about this offline, is kind of like Louisiana plus eleven against Minnesota. Minnesota's yeah. got some problems, dude. Like yeah. that's they got some real issues. They can't score, and Louisiana is a pretty good football team that people are kind of maybe not really thinking about, right? I think it's a Sun Belt team. The Sun Belt showed last year what they could do against some teams. Um, Louisiana's three and one. Uh, they, I really they, like that pick. They, yeah. you know, 
their their one loss was to, to ODU's a pretty decent you know team. Not a bad. I mean, they haven't played anybody, but Minnesota just struggles to score so much unless you're Northwestern, and then you give up 21 points or whatever, 24 points in the fourth quarter. Some some ain't right. Some ain't right up there. And yeah. like, give me give me Louisiana plus 11 points and. And that one, sorry. Kevin did not believe me, Matt, on the show, keeping it orange and blue. Uh, he didn't know because, you know, he was in Oregon. And I just mentioned, you know, the Big Ten standings, and I was like, I'm not putting Minnesota in front of Illinois. They just blew a 21-point lead to Northwestern. <laughs> he went, what What'd you say? And I said, they blew a 21-point lead to Northwestern. He's like, oh, well, they won in overtime, right? I'm like, no. No. <laughs> I was, I, I was, you know, I was in Oregon, in Oregon for wedding festivities, and you know, I mean, I'm officiating my brother-in-law's wedding. It's hard to keep track of like, all the games that are going on. And I look at the big, last time I looked at the game was 31-10. I'm like, oh, what? And then I'm like, and then I also didn't know what went on with Akron and Indiana. It was oof, yucky day, yucky day for the Big Ten West last week. Oh yes. man. So, <clears throat> Matt, I can tell you this. Matt's on the come up if you've been sleeping on him with your picks. You know what? You, you probably have been – you probably made your money back. You're probably, you're probably back to zero now. Pretty you know? much, yeah. Hey, hey, hey here, here's a couple ones, just a little Sunday special for you. Denver, minus three and a half. Jump on it all day long. The Bears are terrible. I know Denver gave up 70. I don't care. The, yeah. the Bears are terrible. Here's another one. One more. Matt and I discussed this one. Cowboys, Patriots, under. That game's got 2014 written all over it. Yep. I totally agree. So, Matt started out started out very slow, but he's made that climb up. I think, Matt, I think you're on that. You're going to – you're about to beat, break over 500 this week, I think. I sure you're hope. Three and three last week, 14 and 14 overall. Matt, we're just going to get your locks up. So, yeah, these locks. So, what's your lock where you just like, you know what, this is hitting. I'm going to Norman, Oklahoma, and I'm taking the Sooners minus 20 versus the Iowa State Cyclones. Now, can't score, right? Can't score? Can't score. Now, they scored last week against a very, very shitty Oklahoma State team, and I think both of those teams are shitty, so that's why it was uh, such high scoring. Um but, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma defense is a totally different animal, especially in their front seven. They have athletes all over the place. Um, I, I don't know how Iowa State is going to get more than seven in this game. They might luck into something. Ten at max. Uh, you have an Oklahoma team averaging 47 a game. Yes, they went on the road and only scored 20 at Cincinnati. But, you know, it's first true road game of the season. Uh, league game now. Uh, Cincinnati was ready for him. Final twenty to six, but I'm taking Oklahoma minus twenty. This is this is looking like uh, fifty six to seven, fifty six to ten. OU. Well, you think it? OU's putting it on them, huh? On them. Okay. All right. I like it though. You're going brash. You're going bold, and you're bold. You're going right in Kevin's neck of the woods. <laughs> <sighs> I don't think by that look he really uh, <laughs> agrees with me on that one. So I can tell you this, people. So far, though, Kev is. If you guys have been following Kevin's lock of the weeks, you guys have been making money. I mean, nice. so Kevin, your lock of the week last week you went four and two. You're sixteen and twelve overall. What four and one on locks, right? Yeah, that's right. All right. So to make it five and one, what do we have? Well, it's kind of funny. We talked about the locks last week. That the, there was a four major dogs in the NFL. 
only won one, let alone covered, and that was the Chiefs. <laughs> it was a little, little nutty last week in the NFL with with touchdown dogs winning. So that was a little bit crazy. If you'd have taken a three team money line parlay on that, you'd have had a nice day. Man. All right. So I'll, I'm going to be completely honest here. Like, completely honest. I'm going outside the football world for this pick, and this pick is 100% a heart pick. <laughs> I am taking the U.S. minus 110 money line to retain the Ryder Cup and beat Europe in Rome win our Man. first Ryder Cup in Europe in 30 years. I think we got some guys playing like my buddy Chad Phillips says. He calls them red asses, right? It's guys who get a little bit fired up, guys who are really proud to play for the USA. I think Justin Thomas is going to play really well this week. There's a lot of eyes on him. I think Sam Burns is going to come out fired up. Max Homa went 4-0 in the President's Cup last year. Yes, I know you could make the argument that the three best players right now are all European, but I can make the argument, too, that the three worst players are also European. So those middle matches on Sunday are going to be phenomenal i'm gonna to have to get up at like two o'clock in the morning and watch that but dude it's if you are if you are even the casual golf fan you know that this is one of the best sporting events that comes around every other year and after what my cubs did after what my bears are doing please illini and u.s Ryder cup give me something to smile about this weekend you know matt are you a cardinal fan i am you know what? So we can talk for just a second. Isn't it nice though this year? We just don't have to worry about that. You know, the heartbreak, the the nervousness of the oh my gosh, who's pitching late innings? You know, it's it's just like oh, just focus on other things, right? Well, I would love to worry about it. I'll be honest, but um, <laughs> I I have no room to talk this year because I mean they're dead last in the central, and uh, it's the worst Cardinal team since the early nineties. Since I wait till next year. Wait till next year. The Cubs mantra. Um, Yeah. Back-to-back nights for the Cubbies. Not good. But I did hit the over 10 tonight in extras, so I'll take it. All right. Back to you're still (laughs) still put money on Major League Baseball games, Matt. I am. I am. I had a good day today. Okay. All right. Uh, So have to sneak this in before we get off. Kevin, what's the line to Purdue Illinois line right now? Let's move down to a pick them. Okay. I saw I saw the pick earlier today. It might be one one Purdue, Matt. Yes. Yeah. It was two and a half though, right? To start for Purdue. I thought I saw three, three and a half maybe to open. I'll have to go look at scores and odds, but you know. So what are you making of that? You think that's just Vegas trying to make money, or you think that more people that that people really are buying into Illinois just a better? We've we've got to flip to the script. It's gone from plus one Purdue or minus one Purdue this afternoon to minus one Illinois right now. Wow. So what that means is money is coming in on Illinois. Illinois, yep. So the, 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 the and, and sometimes that can mean big money. That can mean the sharps are in on that. Matt, you got any you got any heads up on what the sharps are saying? Yeah, let me let me see here. So 68% of the bet is Illinois right now with 88% of the sharp money. So Ooh. That's a that's a difference of twenty percent right there. That's that's a signal that we you know you you try to look at in betting, and compare that only twelve percent of the money is on Purdue right now. So, uh, you know you go one either way, but you know some people say follow the money. So those are the shows. So, so from what I would take is they really believe in the Illinois schedule and who they've played. Illinois has been a little more impressive, probably. They probably feel. I mean, that that's just my take on it. But I think Illinois. I, I 
I'm picking Illinois to win. Me and Kevin, I think, already did that on keeping it orange and blue. But Matt, we talked offline here. What 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 do you your thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I saw it today at plus one, and I said, you know, I I think this is on a line of team that would win this game. It's funny, uh, strength of schedule, uh, Sargon ratings, uh, <laughs> L- Illinois number five, Purdue number eight, <laughs> and yeah. so, um, so I I think they both played you know a tough schedule here. Um, but I like the Illini. Uh, I think they might still have a little bit bad taste in their mouth from last week, just how it ended. Not, you know, uh, they're obviously happy with the win, but, um, and then two, I think the Ryan Walters factor of just guys on the team, you know, wanting to, I, I don't know how it's perceived, but, you know, putting a little dig in towards somebody that left them to go somewhere else and i don't think it's bad blood towards ryan but i think of like you know what why would you want to go show up at their home with you know like isaiah williams and reggie love you know their mentor like a father figure to them is Corey patterson he's on the randolph yeah yeah right the coaches are going to say all that shit and and they mean it i I know aaron means it i know he loves ryan walters and i know brett bielham is happy for him and i know they're happy for those guys and and wishing them the best they're making more money those guys think like it's a business i guarantee you that ain't the that ain't the sentiment in the locker room i guarantee you that johnny newton don't feel that way that keith randolph doesn't feel that way i can promise you that absolutely i will tell you this one of the one of the things about the line that's out there is we're talking about it was a gambling podcast here is the line's gone up seven points in the over-under. I, I, I went from 46.5 to 53.5. That's a pretty significant move. I would look at the under if I was going to play this game. I like to reverse that split. And here's one thing. So so Matt talked about it, right? Matt, Matt's got access. You can pay for access. You can see where the sharp money is coming in. One of the things you really want to pay attention to, you, you, if you're newer betters, if you're paying attention to this, if you've got like 68% of the bets are on one team, but 35% of the money that tells you that the average Joe is coming in and making bets, but the sharps are on the other side. I always want to be on the side of the sharps. And yeah. Matt's already told you 66% of the bets are on Illinois, but 80 something percent of this money is coming in. That tells you the sharps like Illinois a lot. Yep. And so that's a good sign for us. Illini fans. If you just want to put it bluntly. Yep. Absolutely. Which I think I'm going to go try to lock that in right now after I get off this. That's a that breaks of cardinal rule. I do not bet on or against my team in college. Obviously, I bet against the Bears. Hey, how can you do that in Tuscola, Matt? I'm in Texas, and I still can't do it here. Oh, my gosh. What? Man. All right. Well, that stinks. But anyway, hopefully anybody got to see Matt. This weekend, he was at the Illinois FAU game, and his mom was celebrated, you know, at Tuscola. Dude, that's awesome. Congrats. And what, what, what six, how many years was he there? Uh, 20, 20 plus years. So she's uh, next Friday or this Friday will be her last day at the high school. So um, she got voted uh, Grand Marshal for the parade, and we celebrated her all weekend. So it was great. Man, hey, can't get better than that. No, no it can't. Awesome. All right. Well, that'll do it for another episode of Fade the Deuce. Fun as always. You can catch me and Kevin again Sunday night. We appreciate you guys following on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. That'll do it. Swami out. I-L-L. I and I.